Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Just in that attitude of prayer and worship. Well, we just want to thank you so much that we're on the victor's side. I want to thank you so much, Jesus, that you are for us and not against us, that the God of the universe is for you this morning. Thank you that no matter what we're facing as we come into this time of worship, no matter what's going on in our life, no matter what we feel surrounded by, that greater is he who lives in us than anything we face. We thank you, Father. You are greater. So we just position our hearts this morning, Lord. We position our hearts. I pray, Father, that you would do something significant this morning, a a kind of something that we can't explain in our hearts, Lord. Lord, for people that cannot see a way this morning, shine your light and show the way. For people that need a miracle this morning, you're the miracle-working God. Father, we just declare that you are king, you are present, you can have your way in our lives. Help us not to put limits on you, Lord. Put, put, put you in a box, but break out of the box this morning, we pray. The box of our small thinking or our confined thinking this morning. Father, we're just believing for you. Thank you in advance, Lord, that you're going to speak to every heart that will be open right now. A word from heaven to your heart. And everyone with faith said, amen, amen, amen. Thank you, worship team. You guys are awesome. It's great to be with you, and if I haven't met you, my name's Brad, one of the pastors here, and it's just wonderful to be serving in what God is doing in the life of Kalamunda and through us, and just, uh, I hope, like me, you're going to, if you're not already, falling in love with what God is up to. Uh, with Him, number one, just because He is so good, but isn't it awesome to know that God is on the, that God, God, God isn't a dead God, isn't that good? He's not dead, he's, he's got so much happening and he's alive and he's active and when he's moving in your life, there's just nothing better when he's the highlight of your life. And so it's great to be with you this morning and um, I'll never forget it, hey, like a few years ago, about 12 years ago now, I'll never forget the day. It was a, uh, coming back from a, a job interview actually and it was in uh, a place called Brisbane and it was at the airport and uh, We'd flown over there, me and Sky, and it just was not a really good flight. I don't know about you, but I did not have a good experience. White knuckles, sweaty hands, <laughs> racing heartbeat. I just did not enjoy that at all. But I'll never forget, we had to come back, and the whole time we were there, all I was thinking about was the plane ride. I've got to get back on one of them. I've got to do that again. My whole weekend wasn't consumed with seeing the sights and enjoying myself. It was consumed with this just... Fear, oh, I've got to get back on, I just cannot, I can't stand the thought of it. So my whole time was wasted in worry and fear. And I remember going to the airport and uh, got there and the time to get on the plane was just about over. True story. Sky, by this time, was on the plane. I was at the car rental booth at Brisbane Airport discussing the price of hiring a car to drive back from Brisbane to Perth, so I didn't want to get on that plane. And by now, it's the last call. Sky is on the plane, on her own. I'm thinking, I'll see you in four days, until they said it's about $5,000. 
in 12 years ago to drive a car back and suddenly it realized to me, I'm an idiot. I'm not going to drive a car back for $5,000. So I ran and just made it onto the plane and sat through a horrible ride all the way home and lived to tell the story. That was my little miracle. Do you know there's something that fear can hold us back from God's best in our life? And we're in a series called Promises That Are Greater Than Pandemics. And a great sermon from Luke last week on, 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 I hope I really, I had to apply your sermon, Luke, within four hours of leaving church, of stepping back and resting in a situation that we had. That was a great message on letting God, taking rest in God. And we're looking at different things around pandemics and around the pandemic and different things that we need to know God's promises for any kind of pandemic in our life. Because it is the power of God's word and a promise anchored in your heart that will take you through any storm. And today I want to talk about the, the fear, that fear can hold us back from God's best. Fear really can. Even right back in the beginning, in Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, fear is what held Adam and Eve back. Did you know they were the first people to suffer from FOMO? Fear of missing out. See, the devil said to them, the devil said to them, if you eat the fruit, you'll be like God. If you take that forbidden fruit, and so they're thinking, maybe Maybe we're missing out on something here. Maybe God's holding out on us. Maybe we should try it out. The thing is, the devil is a liar because they were already created in the image of God. They were already like God. But their fear caused them to go in. And then, not only that, primary fear and caused them to grab it. And maybe we're missing out and sin entered the world. And then ever since, fear has been something the devil uses to hold God's people back from his best. Even when they had sinned, it says in Genesis 3.10, God comes looking for Adam and Eve. Where are they? What's going on? And the first conversation recorded, we see the word fear come up where Adam said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid. And ever since the fall, fear has been a tactic from the enemy to steal, kill and destroy God's best for your life. He wants to steal the airplane ride into God's destiny for you if he can just get you scared enough not to get on the plane of God's best for your life. And, uh, you know, someone has actually said that the sub, uh, the greatest, one of the greatest um, problems with the pandemic, worse, someone once said, worse than the actual COVID-19 is the fear of it and what that does to people. And we are definitely surrounded by a world of Fear, so many fears common to COVID, common to this last couple of years we've been through. A world, let me give you a couple. Uh, obviously, the fear of actually being sick or the fear of spreading it or the fear of having it and what it could do to me. Uh, there's also people with, uh, we have a fear of being isolated and having to be alone. But on the other side of that is the fear of having to go out and be around a lot of people. They might be spreading it, so I'm fearful if I'm alone. I'm fearful with other people. Uh, the fearful of having the vaccine, what if I don't want to have it, and the fear of actually having it, what could that do? But also the fear of not having it, and then if I'm not, you know, the fear on both sides of, of, of thinking about that. Uh, the fear of livelihoods, what if I can't work, what if I, uh, mandates leave me unemployed, the fear of my family, the fear of money, the fear of other things, the fear of uh, not being able to work. Uh, the fear of family who are vulnerable, people in my, your family, your world that are vulnerable or are at risk, that fear there. The fear of not having enough toilet paper for your digestive system at home. The fear of fuel prices going up so much that fuel, fuel prices that I'm going to buy a really good bike. 
Let's face it, this pandemic fear is real. It is as real as the pandemic itself. It might be invisible, but it is a fear. And um, just like Luke spoke about last week with stress, there is both healthy fear and unhealthy fear. Amen? Uh, let me put it to you this way, just to build a foundation. A definition of fear, a good definition, is it's a thought process, it's interesting, that leads to a distressing emotion based on a threat, real or imagined, can be healthy in terms of protect or unhealthy to paralyze. And I love that thought, that fear can be, a, there's obviously healthy fear, God put it in us and, and we need to certainly, it can be a, a thing that can protect us from things, but then there is also the unhealthy side of fear which can paralyze you. And then even understanding the word fear is that we know in the Bible we are commanded to fear God. That's the beginning of wisdom, to fear God and that's not to be afraid or paralyzed with God, that is to reverence and awe God so much because He is God, to have a healthy fear of God. But this morning, I really want to focus on that toxic, unhealthy, paralyzing fear. And I want to talk about the fact that God wants you to, us to have freedom from a fear that would cripple you. Not just the fear of an event that happened, but I'm talking about that type of fear that you live with. It's a type of fear that dictates life, it dictates choices, movements and decisions. The truth is, God does not want you to have a long-term relationship with fear. The truth is, God wants you to divorce unhealthy fear out of your life. Amen? Jesus put it this way in John 14.1, He said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. And praise God, Jesus wouldn't say that if it wasn't possible. In Christ, you cannot let, you can guard your heart in such a way. Do not let it be troubled. He wanted his followers to know that when they were going to go into isolation as he was going back to heaven, they wouldn't have the physical presence of Jesus with them in John 14. And he's like, don't let your hearts be troubled. Because why? Because he had some promises for them. You can rely on God's promises and it's his promises that protect you from a troubled heart. Amen. Uh, there was a study done many, uh, quite a long time ago. In fact, uh, 60 years ago, they looked at what were the five greatest fears for primary school children. So 60 years ago, they were number one, animals. Number two, being in a dark room. Number three, high places. Number four, strangers. And number five, loud noises. I don't know if that was you. 60 years ago, whether you feared those things as a kid. In 1990, they did a study again. And number one fear for kids in primary school was divorce. Number two was nuclear war. Number three was cancer. Number four was pollution, and number five was being mugged. <laughs> and so you can just see how times have changed and fears have changed. And what we live in today, in a world of fear around us, God wants us to be free from it. He wants that to be something about His church that people go, you know what? They don't seem to be living in a long-term relationship with a crippling fear in their life, and that's really attractive. They seem free. Because when the sun sets you free, amen, he doesn't set you free to be in fear. So let's go to my key text this morning, which is Mark chapter 4. And we're going to look at a scary situation in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, with Jesus and his amigos, the disciples. Here we go, verse 35 of chapter 4. That day, we'll talk about what day that was in a minute, but that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him just as he was in the boat. Jesus gets in the boat, tells them we're going to the other side. There were also other boats with him. 
Verse 37, a furious squall came up. This is a sudden and out of the blue storm. Um, suddenly came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? You know, often fear will cause us to be distorted in God's love for us. Often, first thing fear will do will cause us to question the care and love of God. When that sudden thing happens to you, when that phone call happened, when that incident happened, when you're forced to to go into a state of fear, which is quite normal, really, it's okay. But what, what can happen then? It can go to, well, God, do you care? Are you with me? Are you asleep on the job? Where are you? And it says this, he got up. So they obviously woke him up, got up. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified. I like that. They weren't just afraid. (laughs) They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. I love this this story. It's a and, and where it's where it's situated in scripture in its context is really a powerful thing for us today in learning to what it means to be free from here. But here, I just want to point out, we see not only a boat about to sink from physical wind and water, we see the disciples about to sink in fear. Um, It seems to me that so often, Jesus is more concerned about what's happening in us rather than what's happening to us or around us. See, all the storm did, catch this, all the storm did was reveal what was on the inside of both the disciples and of Jesus. And what storms or pandemics or crises, what all they really do is introduce you to yourself. They show you what is on the inside. We see on the inside of the disciples terrifying fear and we see on the inside of Jesus complete calm and you get to release what's in you. And we see that the good news of the gospel is that we don't have to give in to fear. The good news of the gospel is that we will most certainly feel fear, most certainly be faced with fear, be surrounded by fear, but we do not have to live in fear. I've said it before that a ship is wonderfully made to be out on the ocean and it's great for a ship to be surrounded by water. In fact, it's designed to do that. The only thing it's not designed to do is to have the water come on the inside of the ship. And we are designed to be in the world, but not of the world, to go out on mission for Jesus with such a freedom on the inside of us that fear can't get in. The thing about fear is it needs to be displaced. And the Bible says perfect love casts out fear. You need to be so full of the love of God for you that it fills you so up, it displaces all the fear and it can't get back in. Fear is not God's will for your life, toxic fear. Second uh, Timothy one seven. As before, we go back to that story. I want to point out a few things, but you've, this is a, a verse to know off by heart. Many of you may know it. You could quote, you know, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Let me read it to you in the Amplified. It's really good. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, or cowardice, or fear, but He has given us a spirit of power, and of love, 
and of sound judgment and personal discipline. Abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. That is beautiful. That's us. I want to tell you something. That verse there is a mirror of who you really are. Who you really are. See, when you became a Christian and were born again, and you're probably sick of me saying this, but you were born again, you maybe didn't lose any weight, you maybe looked in the mirror, you looked the same, you had the same you were born renewed to be like Jesus. A third of you will never get more saved than it is today. Your spirit is regenerated and you are renewed and you are like Christ in your spirit. So you are a spirit. You have a soul, your mind, will and emotions. Sorry, you, you, you have a soul and you live in a body. You're created in the image of God. Three, but one. <laughs> and so your spirit is saying, this is who you really are. In your spirit, there is no fear. But in your spirit, you have power, you have love and a sound mind. That is who you really are. Now, when the winds blow, your soul, your mind, your will and emotions are vulnerable to the storms. They're vulnerable to get in fear. And that's, it's normal to go into shock. It's normal to, to, to react and respond to things. We're just human because it's our, our, our soul. It's our flesh. It's our mind, will and emotions but what happens is when we are built up in who we know we are in the spirit it kicks in and goes hang on a minute I feel fear but that's not who I am I feel afraid but that's not my name my name is power love and a sound mind and as our mind is renewed to the truth of the promises it's that as we renew our mind we start to become on the outside who we are on the inside See, Jesus is not looking from the outside trying to get in. He's on the inside trying to get out and make a difference. Because he's given you everything you need for life and godliness in your spirit. That's why Romans 12 says to renew our minds. And that's this whole series is about Romans 12. Is that we would not live according to the pattern of this world, but we'd be we would be transformed the only way sometimes is not just an encounter or someone lays hands on you and prays for you and you get the, that's all good and we want to do that and we want to make room for supernatural ministry. But the way that God's designed for consistent uh, life transformation is renewing our mind according to the Word of God. And when you get it in, in us and it grows out of us like a seed that grows, it starts to manifest in your life, in your decisions, suddenly you become more like Jesus. But it's a word-based reality. Make sense? In your spirit, you are bold, you are courageous, you are strong, you are powerful, you have a sound mind, you are not afraid. That is who you really are. So a great tip this morning to take home right now is to say, I'm never going to say, uh, I'm never again going to use the words, my fear. I have this fear. But rather say, no, no, that's not my fear. That's a fear that Jesus went to the cross and nailed there so that I could have perfect peace. And the Bible says that as my mind is stayed on him, stayed on him, I'll possess that perfect peace. So start identifying as the spiritual, powerful person you are, not a timid, fearful person. Because I'm, I'm here to tell you the truth of God's word in your spirit. You are, that's who you are. Yeah, I've, got, I, I, I've got, you know, we could be here all day if we talk about the struggles I've got, Brad's struggles with this or what I've been through and that sort of thing. But I just continually wake up and go, Lord, I'm identifying with who you say I am. And that is the truth of who I am, so I'm going to live according to that. It's not about how you feel, it's about faith. So here, let, let's have a few thoughts here about what I would call, when fear knocks on your door, how do you let faith answer? 
That's sort of the rest of the, 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 the sermon. And when fear knocks on your door, how do you let faith answer from the story in, in the boat? Well, number one, we see the way to let faith answer is to remember the promise of God. Remember the promises. In our text, we see that Jesus, this is really powerful, before, oh, and this is the way of God, that he had spoken a promise before the storm. And his promise was, is always an anchor that is supplied to you before the storms you face. You know, when you get into a storm and suddenly you have this amazing 24-7 prayer life suddenly just kick in, like, but it's before that, God wants you to know his promises now, this series, that you get some, some spiritual armor, some spiritual weaponry in your life so that when the pandemic or whatever it looks like, the crisis, the storm comes, you're like, you, you, you may fall over, but you'll get back up and remember who you are. You'll remember the promises of God that he's given you. The Bible says in that scripture, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go into the middle of, of the lake and drown. I'm so glad he didn't say that. That's not what he said. Let's go to the other side. And then he went to sleep. And in the context on that day, he gave a teaching earlier in this passage and in the scripture. And he said this, the kingdom of God is like a man who plants seed in the ground and goes and sleeps. You know, that, that, the kingdom of God is like uh, the farmer plant and then he goes and he sleeps and he wakes. Why? Because when God plants his seed of his promise and his word in your heart, you can rest. You can trust. This is what he did. And Jesus then gets to the boat, gives a promise. Hey, we're going to the other side. That's the seed. That's the word of God for the disciples on that day. We're going to the other side. So then Jesus goes to sleep because he knows that's what's going to happen. That's the will of God. And then suddenly this squall comes and they're not remembering the promise. They're looking at the storm. <laughs> and so then they're like, this. but the, a real key is to always go back to God's promises that tell us, and I want to speak it over us this morning as in, in almost a sense of the prophetic, we are going to the other side. Amen. We are going to the other side as a church of whatever that looks like. We are going to what God has called us to. And there may be storm after storm after storm, but the promise on my life and the promise on this church and the promise on your life is we are going to the other side. Amen. Faith will, fear will say that this is the end. Fear will say that it's over. But faith says, God promised to take me through this. How do we let faith answer the door? By saying, hey, God's promised I'm going through this. When David in Psalm 23 talked about his darkest times, talk about what he said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. I'm going through. He didn't say even though I set up camp and have a pity party in the valley and stay there and write songs about the valley and write sermons about the valley and talk to my friends about the valley. No, he said, no, I'm going through this thing. Amen. I remember the promise of God. And so I think it's a powerful thing. And I could share story after story, especially when when we're going through our hospital journey, and I was like, today, I've just, all I can focus on is today when you're in a hard situation. It's just this day, but as you focus on this day, you need to have times where you look up. Where does your help come from? Come on, you look up. My help doesn't come from the hills. It comes from the maker of heaven and earth. And you say, he's taking me through. And he gives you that view of going through. It doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean it's, it just happens. It doesn't mean you just got to, you know, grit your teeth and be strong. It means you rest like Jesus. He's spoken his word now have a sleep, rest, relax. Like Luke said last week, just stand back and let God go to work. So good. So we need to remember God's promises when this knocks. And it was a powerful thing that Jesus had spoken it. And you know, and I'll finish on that bit. Number two is this, 
not only remember his promises, but when fear knocks on your door, how does faith answer? By remembering or recognizing who is with you. I mean, the disciples in the context of this passage had seen Jesus do the supernatural. In Luke's account, before this happened, he'd raised the dead, he'd healed uh, the sick. Um, He'd done all this amazing stuff. This was Jesus with them. But yet through this storm, they're like, who is this guy? Who, who, Who is this guy that talks to the wind and waves? Because fear can distort your thinking. Fear can give you fog brain. Fear can then distort your sight. And you start to doubt God's presence is with you anymore. And so they knew he was in the boat. And I, I sort of, I, I love the disciples because I relate to this story. I, I would be waking Jesus up. <laughs> I, I don't want him sleeping on my boat. I want him awake. <laughs> but, you know, there are times where Jesus, he steps back to watch your faith go into action. He's still with you. He's still there. He just wants to see what's on the inside of you. Yeah, what's going to come out in this storm. And so they wake him up and the thing is, they, they've got Jesus with them. Did you know, I read this week that, and I didn't count them all, but I read it from a few different sites. You know that in the Bible, 366 times it is, we're instructed to fear not, to not be afraid. So that's like one for every day of the year and one for the leap year. Tells us, and when I read that, I thought, you know what? That's because 365 days a year, Fear will try and knock on your door every single day. And it want to hold you back from God's best every single day. And that's why you have to have, we have to have some of these promises. Let me give you a couple and tell me as you're uh, listening to this, there is a common thread in all these. I'm going to go through 366. You ready? Here we go. 366 verses. I am with you. Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Psalm 188, 6. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. Deuteronomy 31, 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Isaiah 41, 13, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. And lastly, Hebrews 13, 6 says, so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. There's a common thing every time God says, fear not, the common thing is what? He is with you. There's a reason why you don't have to fear, and it's not just because he says it, he says, because I am with you. I'm with you. I'm with you at the beginning and I'm with you in the middle and I'm with you at the end. I'm with you when you're faithless. I'm with you when you're fearful. I'm with you when you're on the mountain. I'm with you when you're in the valley. He's saying the biggest thing you need to know is I am with you. And it seems to me for the disciples, they're like, who is this Jesus? Well, he's the same Jesus that just raised the dead. Come on, sometimes you've got to look back over your life and go, he's with me today and I remember his goodness to me in the past. He's been with me through some thick times. He's been with me when I've been an absolute idiot. He's been with me when things have gone really bad and he's never left me nor forsaken me because he's not faithful just to me, he's faithful to his word and he's faithful with his presence. Thank you God that you are with us right now. And I'll finish you. This last point is this. When fear knocks on your door, not only go back to God's promises, not only remember He is with you, but release your faith. Release your faith and authority. Jesus 
challenge the disciples about faith in this account. And I want to be careful how I say this because I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, you know, oh, you don't, we don't have enough faith. Catch what he's saying. He actually said to them in Luke 8, because this is in a few of the Gospels, this story. But in Luke 8, he actually asked them the question. He said, where is your faith? In the one we read, Mark, he said, you know, uh, why are you so afraid? Do you have any faith? But in Luke, he says, where is your faith? See, he's saying to them, is your faith, when it comes to a storm, is your faith, what your faith is in, is what determines your authority and power. So it's not faith in faith, it's what is your faith in? And is your faith in Jesus? Because he's the only, only one strong enough to be able to put your whole faith in. See, he could have said to the, he said to the disciples, where is your faith? Because he could have been challenging them. Is your faith in your sailing ability today? Is that your faith? Is your faith in the boat and, and how well it was made? Is, is your, because it's not working out if your faith's in the boat. Right now, as your faith might be in the boat, you might be, have some things in control in your life and that's where your faith is. And you think, well, when that starts to sink, then I'll reach out to Jesus. But I want to tell you, your boat will sink. It's man-made. And he says, is your faith in the boat? Or maybe he's saying, is your faith in the weather conditions changing? Is your faith in that? Maybe it'll stop raining. Maybe the wind will blow. Well, I'm here to tell you today, sorry, it's not great news, but there will be another storm coming. You can't have faith in conditions. You know, we're not fair-weathered Christians, so to speak. We're, when, you know, we know that we're going to have some challenges. And we walk into life with eyes wide open and a heart full of faith in Jesus who controls the weather. And He won't necessarily change the storm, but He'll take you through the storm. And that's the good news of the gospel. Where is your faith? Is it in, what is it in? And if it's in Jesus... I want to tell you, you can do what verse 39 says. It says, He got up, He rebuked the wind and the waves. Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down. It was completely calm. See, Jesus knew something about this storm. And when you read into it, He knew this storm was from the devil because this storm was designed to stop Him getting to the other side where He would meet a man who was demon-possessed and He would set this man free and bring a revival to the region. This storm was sent to stop revival. And there are some storms in your life that you're thinking, oh, it just happens to everybody. Oh, it's just part of life. No, it could be from the devil. It could be the fear that it's trying to grip your life is a spiritual matter. He said, you don't have a spirit of fear. And it takes spiritual weapons to, to deal with spiritual opposition. Amen. We wrestle not flesh and blood. We don't wrestle, wrestle flesh and blood. We, it is spiritual warfare. And one of the things you've got to have is, I'm excited about, I feel something on this this morning, that you've got to be able to be a person that knows how to speak God's Word. Do what Jesus did. Number one, He got up. He got up. We need to get up in our identity of Christ, in the identity that as Jesus is, so are we in this world, the Bible says. And when that was written, as He is, so are we in this world, in 1 John, when that was written, Jesus wasn't on a cross. Jesus wasn't in a tomb. Jesus wasn't even walking around uh, risen. He was ascended. He was glorified. He is at the right hand of the Father. He is, uh, he is above all things, seated above all things. And as He is, so are we spiritually in this world. And so when we speak, we speak with authority to the storms of the devil and say, no more in Jesus' name. And to command it. So He gets up. He speaks. And He releases His faith. This is what I want to say 
one of my last scriptures, he, he releases his faith. Notice he didn't just think it. Jesus spoke to the storm. See, faith is voice activated. It really is. Faith comes by hearing, yes, and hearing by the Word of God, 100%. That's where faith comes from. But, you know, to become a Christian, it's voice activated. You confess Jesus as Lord, believe in your heart. And what happens is there's a connection between heart belief and voice speak. There is a divine connection that causes the born again experience to happen. And then it says, don't just get saved like that, but walk by faith. Walk by faith when you believe, you speak. This is what it says in Romans. It says, it is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith. We also believe and therefore speak. It's a powerful thing when you speak out what you believe from the heart. Your faith needs to grow a voice. And the voice needs to say this to fear. I have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And I'm going to keep speaking the word until it's flesh in my life because it's the truth. It's the, it is the truth. Well, you know that whole thing about fear, they say, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. It's just false evidence appearing real. And when we align with it and agree with it, it then has authority in our life. But notice Jesus didn't have any fear in him. As he got up, as he spoke, what was in him was released. And the wind and the waves died down. And I'm not trying to give you a magic potion to solve your problems. But you know what? I've gone through some dark valleys and I'll keep speaking the truth of God's Word because I'm not going to speak what the circumstance says. I'm not going to speak what the enemy wants me to speak. I'm going to speak what God's Word says. And so my challenge for us as we finish this morning is what are you going to say to fear in your life? What are you going to speak? What is the promise? And for me, it's the promise that God's promise is what I'm going back to. That's what I'm believing, His promise. And when it comes to fear trying to cripple me and paralyze me and hold me back, and every day when it comes knocking on my door, I'm going to release my faith and say, greater is He who lives in me than you fear. I'm going to release my faith and I'm going to have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. I'm going, to, I'm going to get it into my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, the Word of God in my life. Amen? So maybe for you, Fear's been holding you back from God's best for your life. And today's the day to say, I'm not having a long-term relationship with fear in my life. If that's you, if there's things that you'd like prayer for this morning, we'll do, in a moment and the worship team are going to sing. But after that, feel free to linger at the front and come and say, oh, will you pray? Let's pray about that. That Anyone could, one of the leaders can come over here and we can pray for you. Because the thing is... <laughs> It's false evidence appearing real, but it's dictating our lives. And God is wanting to break the chain, to break whatever it is that needs breaking that's holding you back. Would you stand? Close your eyes. Father, I just come to you this morning and thank you that you're right here right now. Thank you, Father, that uh, you're a God of freedom. Just right then, as I said that, the Lord just dropped a word in my heart which said, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. Where His Spirit is, there is freedom. Where His Spirit is, there is freedom. His Spirit is in you. His Spirit is in you. You are a place of freedom. You possess the freedom of God. You present, possess the laughing, dancing, hilarious, fun, joyful, hair back, just chilling out. The freedom of God. 
Thank you, Father, for your freedom. Thank you, Father, for your freedom. Lord, I just pray for people that are held back, that it's like a a prison invisible today of fear in their life. And right now, I pray not only for a word in season for them from your spirit, Lord, not only a word that gives them weaponry, but Lord, by your spirit, just an encounter to break the prison open. Lord, that there would be no more fear. When fear comes knocking, that we would resist it like we would resist sin and say, no, I'm closing the door today. In fact, faith is answering this door. I've got a promise from God. I've got the presence of God and I'm speaking faith. So Father, we just thank you as we move forward, Lord, as the different fears surrounded with the pandemic, that we don't need to live in that. Father, we make a choice today. We choose to live by faith and walk by faith, not by fear. We make a choice, Father, to say, we want your best in our life as a church. We want your best in my family's life. We want your best in my marriage. We want your best in our kids' lives. We want your best at my workplace, Lord. So if there's anything holding me back, Father, would you break it in Jesus' name? That I am free, and when the sun sets me free, I am free. Jesus' name.